So here we are with the first off-season edition. I guess you could call it off-season because it's off-season for the Blue Jays. The first hour-long edition of Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fan, we will be on from 11 to noon Eastern throughout the duration of the World Series. And we will be doing weekly podcasts after that right up until spring training. And, of course, whenever, uh, whenever news happens... Uh, we will immediately post uh, what we like to call our emergency podcast. Kevin Barker, are we in a state of emergency with the Blue Jays right now? <laughs> Boy, sure sounds that way, huh? Uh, look, Amazing. whenever uh, I would go to the – yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a great word. Every time I would go to the field, I'd have conversations with players, and, and they'd be very dramatic about communication between parties. And I'd sort of roll my eyes and be like, yeah, why you know, you guys make millions of dollars. Figure the communication factor out. And then I hear Ross talk – and everything I think that that was said by the players that I talked to was absolutely true. Like it's just it's amazing the finger pointing and the and the lack of communication and the knowledge that in game after what happened last year that a GM doesn't have between all the parties involved. I have no idea how many parties there are, but there's seems like there's a ton of them. That yeah, it's it's a uh, it's very confusing and. It'll be very, very interesting to see what happens Thursday. I think that's the that's the one thing, right? Is Mark Shapiro will be talking Thursday, right? Yeah, and it'll be interesting. I don't know about you to see how this is corrected because I just don't know how the two parties sell what they're trying to sell to the players, right? It's John and Ross working together as a unit to sell whatever they're trying to sell to the players and having, quite frankly, it looks like and sounds like two different directions trying to do this. So I'll be very interested to see how Mark handles this. Yeah, I I think this is, and and we said this before Friday's or before Saturday's news conference, you know, the person we want to hear from uh, is Mark Shapiro here. I mean, Mark Shapiro hired Ross Atkins. I would have to assume that he, signed off on the uh, on the hiring of John Schneider again this is the third different manager uh, under uh, under Ross and Mark and John Gibbons the first manager I mean I hate to say it but that's a gimme you fire the, the guy you're inherited you've inherited that happens all the time uh, they clearly uh, I mean they clearly muffed on Charlie Montoya that's that's obvious and you know John Schneider, the guy they handpicked to replace Charlie Montoyo, the guy they brought back on uh, a multi-year contract at the end of the year, to me, you've almost neutered him. I mean, I, 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 I can't put it any other way. Neutered, I don't even know if that's the right word, but you know what I mean. You've cut him off at the knees, shall we say. That's probably the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Saturday's news conference, it was odd because it was the most in command I've ever seen Ross Atkins at a news conference and I, I was just shaking my head at what he was saying. Um, and obviously, I'm not the only one. I mean, we've had, gosh, we've had columnists in this city calling for Mark Shapiro to be fired. We've had uh, other columnists in this city, rightly, just stating what we stated, stating the obvious. How on earth do you bring John Schneider back as manager when you've essentially, if you're Ross Atkins, you've essentially blamed him for... Um, 
I mean, you've blamed him for a decision that ultimately, we said this, let's be clear, the Jays lost that series because they couldn't score any runs. And there's a little bit of that going on in Major League Baseball right now, it appears. But the Jays lost that series because they couldn't score any runs. The the problem with the decision to take Jose Barrios out of the game early is that it created a flashpoint that brought every all of these sort of unsaid worries we've had about the Blue Jays, right? You've spent time around the team. Uh, people who've been around the team. I can tell you, I have never covered a team in my life. And I started covering baseball in 89, so... That's a long time. I have never covered a team in my life where there was much whispering about dissatisfaction with the general manager, dissatisfaction with the information, dissatisfaction with some of the coaches. I, I, dead serious. Uh, it, almost, it makes me wish I was a beat reporter around the team because it would be a hell of a book in this. But I've, I've, I've never... I've never been around an organization, Kevin, where there was as much whispering about people not being on the same page. That has to have been an incredibly difficult environment for John Schneider to work in and for the players to work in. And you're right. The players get paid a lot of money. I'm not crying for the players. But we all like to go to a workplace where we feel folks have our back and where the lines of communication are open. And I really get the sense that wasn't the case here. And and Ross Atkins' news conference only succeeded in muddying the waters more than anything else. It didn't it was an opportunity to, to turn the page, whatever. We all screwed up. We're gonna do a deep organizational dive into how we make decisions, all of that stuff. Instead it was I didn't have a hand in this, this guy had a hand in it, and yet nobody was buying what Ross was selling. Nobody was buying what Ross was selling about that decision-making process. And it was odd because that's what most of the news conference was about. Instead of Ross, how the hell did you think Dalton Varsho and Brandon Belt were going to be cleanup hitters in the team that was going to win the World Series? Yeah, I think he's forced the hand of the president to have to come out and do something. That that That's sort of what the – instead of, like you just said, going up there and saying we're all in this together, we win together, we lose together, uh, you know, what the manager does is a direct reflection on my thought process because we're always involved, we're always having conversations, we're always in tune with what we want to do. Instead, because you were taking heat – because people were saying that whatever you were in the room or you were doing this, that, and the other. Now, I, at least for me anyway, I think you have sort of thrown this in the in this camp of the president having to come out and answer questions on how he's going to fix this behind the scenes because there's obvious tension. And again, I'd say this. How would John work with Ross? How would Ross work with John? That that's the thing, right? One is one is saying one thing, the other one's saying another one. The ones came out and publicly pointing fingers at the other one. I just I you know it'll 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 be very, very interesting to see how Mark handles this because he is a very smart man. I'm sure he is asked around and got all the information that he needs to make the decision that's best for the organization. So, you know, what we think should be done and what people that are fans of the Blue Jays think should be done is not always what will be done, but it'll be very inter- interesting to see what Mark does. Well, listen, you'd have to think Mark Shapiro has got all the information at hand that we don't have. Absolutely. Uh, what I will say is this. I cannot believe 
I cannot believe that Ross Atkins would go out and say what he said at the news conference without Mark Shapiro knowing about it. Absolutely. And that's, in and of itself, I think, something that just even further muddies the situation. Look, I, I understand. Mark has had a lot in his plate with the ballpark redevelopment and everything, and it's gone well. I mean, the ballpark redevelopment has been a hit. Home run. Ultimately, it is going to be the most it, – it, I think it might be the most important investment that has been made in this in this team for a long, long time because it's, it's breathed new life into a stadium that's old. Uh, it's breathed new life into a stadium at a time when, you know, stadiums that are half the age of Rogers Center uh, are being talked about as needing to be redeveloped. I mean, my goodness, Scotiabank Arena, they're sinking money into redeveloping that. That's not as old as the Rogers Center. So what Mark has done there has been a home run. But, um, you know, whether or not it's been done intentionally, I think there's a sense around the city that Mark's focus has been mainly on the ballpark. I don't necessarily think that's true. Again, you're right. I think Mark's a sharp guy. But, man, you you can't... For an organization that prides itself on communications, uh, prides itself on its working environment, um, to have to have this sort of present itself, to to have this... Uh, I, I've just... I've never seen an end of season... I've never seen an end of season like this. And listen, I covered all of J.P. Ricciardi's years here. <laughs> So I, I've seen, you know, I, I've seen confusion. I've lived confusion. Uh, this is this this is an this is on a different level, and and then to have to have Ross say at the news conference, you know, I would urge you to call John Schneider and talk <laughs> to him. I'm sure any writer worth his salt probably called John Schneider. I've not seen anything from John Schneider. I don't know, frankly, if I'm John Schneider. I don't I don't know if I talked to anybody. What, what do you say? Why what do you he... say? Your general manager just how, how do the tire marks feel on your back? You know, basically. <laughs> I mean yeah. that, that that that's essentially what it is. Uh so yeah, okay, we Okay, need... give me your gut. Give me your gut. What happens Thursday? Do, does Mark have to go a different direction one I, way or the other? I don't see I don't see why he would. If he was going to do that, why would you let Ross have that availability on Saturday? But why why would you? If you were going to, um, if you were going to make a move, why would you one let the general manager speak, two let the general manager go out there and say that the manager's coming back? Maybe he didn't know what the GM was going to say. Of Maybe course, they hadn't he had knew. conversation. Of, of course, of, come on, Kevin. Of yeah, course he knew. I, okay, of you'd course asked he me, knew what he you'd was have told say. me that a week ago. I'd have been like, yeah, I'm with you. But with what you just heard on Friday. That's a slam dunk. No, because yeah, absolutely. Because when it comes are, to the when it comes to the absolutely. manager, I'm I'm assuming that they've had conversations, but no, abs- the absolutely. the the bus throwing and the and absolutely the pointing fingers I, and whoa. you know you know how that organization works. They have a PR. All that that stuff's all been vetted. You think Ross just decided he's going to hold a news conference and go out there and say stuff off the cuff? I don't think so. So that's yeah. I don't I don't think anything's going to happen. Quite frankly. Uh, I, I, I just don't. I, I don't know how it can. I mean, you can't. Um, 
what do you do? Decide you're not going to bring the manager back after your GM has said that he's coming back? Can't do that because now you've basically left yourself with a general manager with no power. Um, do you not bring the general manager back after he's already said the manager's coming? Yeah, I, if you do that and the new general manager comes in, what's the first question he's going to be asked? Is John Schneider coming back? You, it, It's just... I would, I would rather Ross have said nothing than hold that news conference. I would rather the organization wait and do an immediate availability with both of them today or tomorrow. Nobody, I got to tell you, as much as we wanted answers, I didn't hear anybody saying, you know what would be a great idea? Saturday morning of the Thanksgiving long weekend, let's have a news conference. Um. So, yeah, there, there's still a ton of questions that need to be answered. The, the fan base, you know, against social media, is I generally did a pretty good job staying off social media this weekend for a variety of reasons. But, I mean, listen, I've gotten a lot of DMs from people. I've got texts. from I got, I got texts from fans that didn't even know have my number, didn't even know had my number, which I've got to check into. Um, but at least they were nice texts about us. But the same thing. They're confused. They don't know what's going on and two of them are season's ticket holders and one one family in particular has had season's tickets i don't know if they've had it since day one but they've certainly had it for the last 20 25 years and they're concerned they're, they're concerned it's not they don't they're not carrying any water for ross or or for john um frankly i think the dude would just i'm pretty certain this guy would just assume they both go but um their thing is like, what's going on here? What's going on? And 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 this gets back to another point. You know, you talked about this. Ultimately, the players. Are, it's always the case that the players end up saving everybody's ass. That's just that's the way it is in baseball. It always comes down to the players saving everybody's ass. If I'm a player, who's who do I listen to now? That's a great I, I, question. If, if John Schneider tells me, you know, I've got your back. If you're a player, you go well. Gee, thanks, boss. Who's got your back? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, it, it's um, anyhow. We'll be joined by John John Paul Morosi in a few minutes. We'll ask him uh, what the uh, the mood is around Major League Baseball about this. I can tell you that a lot of the national writers were absolutely uh, just had no idea what the hell that news conference was about Saturday. And I've I've had a couple of them reach out to me and say. What the hell? <laughs> Literally, had one guy text me say, "You know, WTF with that?" And I, I said, "I don't know. Um, I, I have no idea." Uh, you know, it, it, until you get a clear story, there's there's still a whispering campaign out there. I mean, we hear that James Click was involved in this decision. You know, we 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 don't know who was in the room and who wasn't in the room. Um. It it does seem to me, though, that given the choice of defending his manager or defending his analytics staff, Ross Atkins decided to defend his analytics staff. Yep. Uh, hmm. Interesting. Uh, last time I looked, people don't pay to see a bunch of khakis uh, putting up spreadsheets. I could be wrong, but the last I looked, people are concerned about the product in the field, and people... People realize that John Schneider is the—he's the—he's the face of this franchise. He's the dude that stand—he's the face of the franchise when it comes to answering questions. He's the dude that's up there in the podium talking after a game and explaining why he did what he did. 
Jeff, I just don't understand why a group of people that are as smart as the Blue Jays want to make us feel like they are can't get on the same page. Like, how, how, how again, I, I understand that you don't want it's to be involved. They are. You, it's possible they are, they are in the same page and, and that it's maybe there's a split between John Schneider and the coaching staff and everybody else. That's certainly what we're left with right now. Like, well, who, that's what who, we've been told, right? With the finger pointing, it's obviously it ain't me. Like, I, it's him. When I, again, I, I think just, just sometimes I think when you're a leader, you got to you got to sort of, you know, fall on that sword a little, right? We're all in this together. We're, we'll figure it out down the road. Why? Why would that have been so hard? Like I don't understand that. That's the part of it that I just don't. You could have been real quick with that. It would have been a quick conversation. You move on to trying to figure out how to get a cleanup hitter instead of what it's turned into. And mm-hmm. if you're if you're in the clubhouse and you're forget about one of the everyday guys because obviously the the communication between the khakis and however whatever information you know it ain't sea ball hit ball. It's it's a bunch of other things and that communication ain't real good. How are they gonna figure that out? Who knows but it's selling it to the rotation and how do you do that and now all of a sudden you're basically told well ross did that they don't have enough confidence in their bullpen to pitch to left-handed hitters for the twins that quite frankly most people ain't never heard of so you're you're going in seven different directions here and i just don't know when spring training starts if all of this is the same and you know they love their meetings how are you going to have a meeting in the same room when one party was heading one direction that knew everything? It was obvious that John was telling the pitchers and Yusei Kikuchi because he was throwing before the game. So he mm-hmm. knew he was going to throw. How does everybody else know and Ross doesn't know? So that for me is, I just don't know how you're going to sell that to a bunch of grown men who quite frankly make a lot more money than you and will be quick to roll their eyes at you now. It'd be interesting well, I, to see how that works out. Yeah, and there are some like there are some loud voices in that uh in that uh that clubhouse that um are going to demand answers. And um yeah, I listen, it's it's a confusing situation right now. Um we need to hear and we will hear from Mark on Thursday. I don't, at this point, I, I almost don't know what he can say. Uh, you know, is he going to, I mean, what do you do? Do you come out and say, you know, I don't agree with what my general manager said four days ago? I I don't know. You By having a news conference four days, five days after the general manager's news conference, um it, it it's 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 very it's a mess. It's just, it it's it it's is a mess. mess. It, it is. is a mess. It it's is a mess. a mess. And you know, my concern is th- th- this this is a fan base that's reeling right now. Uh, it's a fan base that's not happy. Um and I don't always see I I don't believe that ownership, or I'm sorry, that management always owes fans an explanation. I don't. Um, There are some things that fans and those of us in the media just can't know and shouldn't know. That's just the way. It's the same in every business. As I've always said, you don't want to see the sausage being made. You just want to know that it tastes good and that it's cooked, preferably that it's cooked. And there's no surprises inside. Um you know that's what you want to see as a fan 
and right now there there are fans who um yeah they 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 have a lot of issues with the way with the way things are have have developed not the least of which is you know they have issues with the team as well they have issues with that lineup the lineup clearly wasn't good enough and uh, it it's i found it strange that there still seemed to be this blind trust in a process that ultimately has failed to has failed it's failed to deliver a world series it's failed to deliver a postseason win i would suggest as as i wrote earlier and i think we said earlier i i i think this is a this, a, this organization needs to do a deep dive right now into 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 what it's telling its players especially its hitters what it's telling its hitters and how the lineup is constructed it, they just they just have to do that they, they and i don't know better, Kevin, and, and Kevin, that's what i don't mean. know how you can do it i don't know how you can do better it better hitters when you got all this going on that's yeah again i, I just don't if what about free agents if you're a free agent you know they're hearing it you know the their agents are hearing it like i i understand it's you're going to the highest bidder but if it's close somewhere else and you're you're knowing that this is going on what see why, i'm going to say this think about there, doing that there is there is one thing that has to be said here and I know that there are, are people out there, frankly, aren't going to believe me when I say this, but it's true. The one thing the Jays do have going for them, well, they've got a lot of things going for them in this situation, is that by and large, Mark Shapiro is really highly thought of in baseball circles. Uh, he's a guy who is involved in a lot of things that go on in the commissioner's office. He's a person whose advice is sought by other people in the game. He's been a mentor to a lot of general managers around the game. He is a well-respected, smart guy. And I guess the the thing that I hold out hope for is the fact that he is such a smart political animal that he will somehow be able to to fix this. I don't pretend to know how. But I think if anybody can kind of pull this thing back on the rails, it's Mark. And it may be that one of the reasons that the news conference isn't until Thursday is he wants to see how this plays out. Like I, I can tell you, um, I have a lot of respect for people in the the people in the um, in, in the executive suite in the Blue Jays executive suite. They're really bright people. This. This none of this happens organically. This is part of something. I don't pretend to know what it is, but this is part of something. The news conference with Ross is part of something. Now we need to hear from Mark, and the, and and that that is a good thing. The fact that there is somebody that I think can stand up and correct this or kind of put this back on the rails. Now that's me talking. That's people around the industry talking. Quite frankly, I don't know how the fans feel right now uh, about Mark. Um, look, he's since the day he's come in here, he was the anti-Alex Anthopoulos, right? He was the anti-Paul Beeston. He was the guy from Cleveland. He was the American. He wasn't. He 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 came in as an outsider. He got no no benefit of the doubt from anybody in the media in this city. They were ready to 
they were people were essentially hoping that he would fall flat in his face. Such was the loyalty and the connection people felt to uh, Paul Beeston and especially Alex Anthopoulos. So we'll see. But uh, in the meantime, the playoffs are going on uh, without the Blue Jays. Rob Thompson, Phillies manager, took a starting pitcher out early in the game. And uh, needless to say, I was sitting there shaking my head. Of course, the difference is when the Phillies won that game. Uh, and uh, but, it, but it was interesting hearing Rob Thompson after the game talk about the decision with Ranger Suarez. The players knew. The only person that didn't know was Ranger Suarez, the pitcher, because he said, I don't want my pitcher going out there thinking that he's only got three innings, right? <laughs> and he seemed to buy into it when he was not happy when he was taken out. But afterwards, when it was explained to him, he said, I'm actually kind of glad Rob didn't come out and tell me ahead of time that I was coming out of the game. So, um, yeah, it, it's... <laughs> Again, Kevin, if the Jays had scored a run, scored a couple of runs, had gotten a big hit, we'd probably be looking back at this. You know what? We'd be saying, man, I can't believe John Schneider did this, but the hitter saved his ass. That's what we'd be saying. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I'm just very confused, Jeff. I, I just, I, every once in a while, you just like to see really smart people that are running these teams get out of the way. Like, that's all. I'm not saying all the time because there's a reason why they have groups of people that are helping out because it works and it's and it's helpful to players in a marathon of a season to get as much information as possible to help them be the best player they can possibly be. But I, me as a baseball fan, just occasionally get out of the way. Like I don't, I don't want to see you. And now the finger pointing and the I didn't do it and I wasn't a part of that. I'm very confused about by the way uh mark shapiro's news conference has been scheduled for 11 a.m thursday so there you go 11 a.m mark shapiro will uh speak to the media and uh, i would imagine i I mean i'm not going to do anybody's business for them i I would think if it's available to carry live we might carry it live but we'll find out uh in 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 due course in due course what is going to happen there all right kevin so you've been in clubhouses you've been a player i know you you speak to a couple of dudes in that team who have the biggest voices in that clubhouse. Um, what do you think they thought when they heard Ross talk? And what do you think they're thinking after they've had time to let it kind of percolate and let it, you know, sort of let it sort itself out over the, over the weekend? Yeah, look, I, I, I would love to know uh, what the conversation was like between John and the players. Obviously, the players that were involved in this knew what was going to happen. I but think they still every... reacted like they didn't believe it, right? Didn't, didn't, didn't you well, get because that of sense? The, because of the way Barrios was doing, right? I mean, yeah, he was well, dominating. Yeah. I talk about the foot strike thing all the time. And when he's rocking and rolling, the foot strike and the timing and the ball above his head and – you know, is just on par and the extra little gear and the late movement and the tunneling and everything was there and he had the three different breaky balls. Yeah, I, th- I think it would suck, Jeff. I mean, excuse my language. It is. I-, I think it's like, why can't we all get on the same page? They're the reason why we got here. Don't be afraid to lean on them. Let them go out there. And if you got to go after the game and just say, you know what, he's the reason why or one of the main reasons why we're here. That's why I left him out there. Yeah, it's, 
we have different plans. We always have different plans. We we got a bazillion plans. But the plan today that I saw was him dominating. And so what if he gives up a two-run home or to a lefty? Who cares? I That, for me, I think if I were in the locker room, that was that would be what I would say, right? I think if you're on the offensive side, you have no room to say anything. You did jack. You got no room to say nothing. Like, you didn't show up. We can say it and spin it, and I could be nice about it and say the other dudes that they th- they were facing were really good. They didn't show up. So I would think there's a little bit of that too, right? It's whispering. It's, you know, there's a small group of people. There's texting. There was phone calls when you're driving and I'm flying right before I get on. Call me. Can you believe what we saw? I'm sure there was some of that. But, and then I think there was probably a group of people that weren't surprised. Like it's 2023. This is, this is sort of the way it is. Now, I don't think anybody's ever heard a GM go up and on purpose point the finger and roll over a manager before. I know I've never seen that or heard that, or maybe I haven't been doing this long enough. Maybe this happens a lot, but that part of it, I'm, and I do think there's something to, did he lose his team? You know, that, that is the thing in sports that fans will point the finger and all that stuff. That's the question. And if he did, how does he get it back? If he's here next year? Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's really well said. I don't, um, I, I I just don't know how it uh, I just don't know how it goes on. Again, you know there there will be some organic change. A lot of players are going to be uh, are going to be gone as a result of free agency, uh, and and uh, it will be a different clubhouse next year. It will have a different feel, and maybe that will accomplish part of this. Just that instant refreshment that comes from uh, from having new bodies and new voices in the clubhouse, but. Uh, yeah, it, it, I, I, I will say this. Nothing was clarified over the weekend. If anything, it became more muddied. If anything, it became more confusing. Uh, and uh, it is going to be, frankly, I mean, the Jays haven't had a cleanup hitter all year. Well, Mark Shapiro Thursday is going to have to do some cleaning up here. And um, Thursday wow. at 11 o'clock. You like the way I did that, eh? Good one, Jeff. Yeah, it's early in the morning, but every now and then I pull one out of my you-know-what. Uh, Mark Shapiro will be, on, uh, will be doing his media availability Thursday at 11. Uh, let's step away and come back with John Paul Morosi. Want to talk some baseball on the field. That Braves-Philly series is so good. I looked for a while like it was going to be incredibly one-sided. But, man, that game last night was spectacular. How about the base running, Jeff? <laughs> it's atrocious. Woo! It's atrocious. It's yeah. Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, there are two series resuming today. In the uh, division series, the Houston Astros are in Minnesota to take on the Twins. That series is tied one game apiece. Baltimore and Texas, they'll be playing tonight. That's the 8.03 start, 8.03 Eastern. The Texas Rangers are two up on the Baltimore Orioles. Barker's shaking his head. 
Um, Jean-Paul Morosi of the MLB Network joins us. Uh, John, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself. We'll get to the playoff series in a minute. I know we just got you for a few seconds or a few minutes here, but very quickly, look, we've been trying to parse what Ross Atkins said at his media availability on uh, Saturday, and, of course, we're still trying to uh, figure out um, how the Jays weren't able to come through offensively for 99% of the regular season. What's the industry? What is, what is the industry's view of what's going on in Toronto right now? Well, I'll tell you this. I, I texted somebody this morning who, who follows the Jays pretty closely, somebody in the industry, and I said, what's your read of what's going on there? And, and the response I got back was that he was confused, and a lot of people are confused. And that, to me, is, is a bit of an indictment on what the Jays have going on right now. It's one thing to lose a playoff series. Eventually, every team but one goes through a process like the Jays experienced last week where either they don't hit or they don't pitch or they just lose. And it's important, I think, to, to find a way to, to have a coherent message coming out of it. And I think that we have just not seen that happen for the Jays through what was said last week. Obviously, Mark Shapiro is going to be speaking this week. So perhaps there's some clarity to the clarity but if the idea was there to be a unified front that explains where the Jays are entering the offseason, that has not happened yet. Uh, what do you think will happen uh, Thursday with Mark, JP? I, uh, look, I know you know people, some people are saying heads may roll. I, I have no uh, – it's like every time I talk to Jeff and, and I hear Jeff talking out loud and I hear myself talking out loud, I'm confused. Do you think they're confused and there'll be clarity on Thursday and one way or the other, maybe everybody will be back or half the parties will be back? I'll take that as a no. How about John Morosi? His line just launched. See, you do that, Barker. (laughs) You and your damn questions, man. Uh, How about that? Well, We'll wait till John. Uh, There's a lot of confusion. We get John Every, back everywhere, line. Jeff. There's Everybody's confused. <laughs> Even the cell phone yeah. lines are confused. Yeah. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, Baltimore, Texas is the nighttime start tonight. Houston and Minnesota, 407 Eastern. Those games, of course, on Sportsnet. Uh, a couple of series. Well, the 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 Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers are cooked. I can't put it any other way. They're down 0-2 to the Arizona Diamondbacks. And uh, I guess like a lot of folks, I'm really happy for Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Gabriel Moreno. Um, I just had to say that. Come What's on, wrong with I, had, I had to get that what? out of the way. I had to get that out of the way. Atlanta and Philadelphia tied one game apiece. Let's bring John Paul Morosi back. Uh, Morosi, go ahead, please. Yes. So, uh, as, as I was saying, I, I think that for me, what we're waiting to hear, and, and we'll obviously see what Mark Shapiro says later on in the week, I think Shai Davidi made a very good point in, in his column at sportsnet.ca this week about how a lot of us are certainly focusing on the decision to take Barrios out of the game, and, and, and we should because that was a, a monumental decision. But part of the issue here is that we're not hearing from both Ross Atkins and John Schneider. And if the, if the idea was to come out and say, let's have a, a season-ending press conference and evaluate the year and present – the information and the perspective to the to the entire organization and the fan base, why weren't the GM and the manager sitting there side by side to have a coherent explanation as to what transpired? 
And and furthermore, even if the control of of the in-game decision-making, of course, once the game begins, it is the purview of the manager. I got that. But clearly, when you have an organization or a culture around things, and and there's the the understanding that you're you are beholden to certain analytical tenets, and you've done it that way for a lot of the year, it's it's part of the larger framework that's created by the head of baseball operations, and that's Ross. So I think that there are there are a lot of explanations there about their process, how the game planning works, that frankly are still very opaque. Even to those of us who follow the game and follow this this team very closely, and I think Kevin, what what you said on the day of the loss is still true to this day, which is the people who were in many ways responsible for that decision and and the process that is put in place that leads to that decision. We will probably never know who they are. We do not know who they are, and I, re- and I think that's that's the problem. With with when when things crumble in this fashion and and a loss of this magnitude hits and you look around and say okay where's the accountability where's the coherent message and because the people who have who have become a part of the conversation internally have no chips on the table in public it doesn't feel satisfying and I think yeah. that's why so many Jays fans are bewildered right now. Yeah, I reached. Uh, I, I reached out uh, on, on Sunday to a former Major League manager, and he made an interesting point to me. Um, he said the question he said, the question isn't whether or not John Schneider had the final say. He said the question is, did John Schneider feel as if he had the final Correct. say? Which gets back to your point about which gets back to your point about an organizational culture. It's one thing to say the buck stops with the manager, but if the manager doesn't feel that's the case, if the manager feels he's being second-guessed, if the manager feels that he has he has to work within a framework where he doesn't feel as if he has autonomy, that has an impact on how the decisions Correct. are made. I, I, yeah. I want to yeah. roll on because we just have you for a few minutes to the series. So... Which O2 comeback is more likely, John, Dodgers or Orioles? Baltimore. For me, it's Baltimore. Uh, I, I look at because the quality of that bats got better for Baltimore in game two. Uh, obviously, it was the higher scoring game. Uh, the, the Game two got really out of hand from a standpoint there of just the pitching, really, for both teams. But at least Baltimore's bats are alive. And, and I, I also think in this will sound maybe a little bit subjective, but I think it's fair. They're such a young team, and I, I really do believe they're enjoying this experience of playing yep. together in a playoff to where I think the, the there's a certain advantage to now the Orioles feeling as though they're back to being the underdogs again, which is how they've felt for most of the year, whereas the Dodgers, they, they've been collectively involved in so many different playoffs that uh, that I think that they, they look at the big picture and say, wait a minute, our starting pitchers have combined to get six outs uh, in the first two games, and, and now you've got Lance Lynn on the mound, and Lance certainly has been susceptible to the long ball at different times in his career, including this year. It's just not a good recipe right now. And so uh, I, I do believe that, yes, and both are going to be challenging. I think in some ways the Dodgers have the more challenging task just because of where they're at uh, as an organization, they need 
Betts and Freeman to get going. They need Will Smith to be a dependable bat in the middle of the lineup, and they just we have not seen a whole lot of positive signs there. Um, and I think too on the on the other side, and, and we can still chat for a few more minutes. I'm, I'm good until uh, ten minutes to the top of the hour, so we're good there. Good but, stuff. Uh, but the the quick thing uh, about last night's game, which I still can't quite get over, and I'd be curious to hear Kevin's take on it. You probably covered it earlier on in the show, but I like I have zero issue, zero, with with the approach that Harper took on that on that ball in the ninth inning. None. Because you got to score. If that ball's down, you got to score. And and it, it there's one out when the ball's up in the air. He's got to make an incredibly difficult play, a perfect throw, or if it's not a perfect throw, Austin Riley has to become Derek Jeter and fire a strike across the field. The number of things that had to go right for the Braves to turn a double play on that were were myriad. And for me, I I have zero issue with one run game top of the ninth inning, making them make a play. You're up 1-0 in the series. You got the bottom of the lineup coming up. I, I had zero issue with that. So I, I, I think Bryce Harper made the right play. Michael Harris just made a better play. Yeah, not me. I mean, that, that's a, an elite defender and center. You always, at least for me anyway, because I was one of those guys, if I made a play like Bryce Harper, I was in double-A the next day. Now, obviously not in the playoffs, but point being is every one of those moves had to be perfect for me to stay as a big leaguer. I think you go station to station. What's wrong with Bryce going, standing on top of second base? He's a fast guy. Nothing wrong with his legs. He's a really good base runner, right? Cuts good corners, and you stand on it. He doesn't catch it. It trickles. You score anyway. Now you look like a horse's ass because you don't know how to run the bases and you end the game that way. I just think you got to know who the defender is. That's all. I understand it's Bryce Harper. I sort of get your point where you have to score there, but you do have an extra out. It's only one out. I mean, catches two outs, right? You got three outs in an inning. So I would just think it would be easier for me anyway is to go to second, stand on top of it. He drops it. You probably score anyway, so yeah. Just it's a it's the optics of the whole thing. On you're right. basically looking like you're running around the bases like you're a little leaguer. Run till they tag you out, which I'm never a fan of. Right, I, I I get it. I mean, I think the other part and why I love this play, and we could. I mean, I hope that every every fall ball coach in North America is talking about this play today with with their teams, just to kind of get perspectives on it and talk through it, because I think that we don't. First of all, and we can talk about this too, we don't talk enough about base running and outfield defense. That Basically, that changed the whole game, not just the last play, but how the Braves score their first run on a play that should not have been. They, they got it because Acuna took the extra base on a yeah. throw that was in the dirt and Turner couldn't scoop it. That's the difference in the baseball game. It's outfield defense. 90 feet, and then it was 90 feet on the back end. It's just that we could, you know, talk about it forever. I also think the other interesting part of this, Kevin, just as interesting of an idea would have been if Harris didn't catch it and if the ball skipped to Acuna in right field and then you had Acuna's right arm against Harper's legs to decide the game. Yeah. Like, either, like that's, that's why I love the playoffs because there are, like, nine different angles you could take on that one play and and I think there's room for debate on all of it. Uh, I certainly, uh, you know, we have different perspectives on it, with it, which I think is awesome. And mm-hmm. I just I love that play. I could talk about it all day long. No, sixty se- sixty seconds from you on the the Astros Twins, John. Uh, I I didn't realize this in the six ALDS that Houston's won, they were up two and zero after two games in every single one of them. 
So mm-hmm. this is really uncharted territory for a team that, quite frankly, has been part of the postseason furniture. I, I got a feeling, Kevin talked about this a little bit in the air, I, I got a feeling the Twins might be able to win this series. I, I really do. I agree, and I love this matchup too. I think you know, two guys that I'm watching the most carefully, and certainly for tonight, today, is, is Christian Javier with the Astros. You know, he's not been himself this season. I think that, to me, is a, is a concern for them. Obviously, he started a no-hitter last year in the World Series, but he has not been his same productive self this year. Can he find it after the additional rest that he's had? You know, that might benefit him a little bit, the additional rest. And then on the other side, Carlos Correa. He has yeah. been so great. Uh, I, I think that you look at what he's done in the playoffs for the Astros and now for the Twins, the amazing defensive plays, obviously, we've seen him make against the, the Blue Jays in the first round. Offensively, again, he is just an October performer to the nth mm-hmm. degree. And, and the final note on, on Houston, I, I, lo- I love what you said about last year's Astros, too. Remember this, they were the, they were the anti-example of everybody complaining about the layoff. The Astros had the same yes. layoff as everybody else last year. They did not lose a game in the American League playoffs. They were 7-0. and So let's not overreact to one playoff worth of sample size. Last year's World Series winner was a team that had a bye and didn't lose a game in the American League playoffs. I'm with you right there. John, thanks so much for doing this, man. Enjoy your, uh, enjoy your postseason. We'll be yeah. chatting again. And as always, travel safely. Thanks, JP. This sounds great, guys. I love listening to you guys all year long. Again, John in Ann Arbor, loyal listener. One of these times I'm going to call in a Blue Jays talk, I promise. Oh, please do. <laughs> Take care, John. Please do. See you, buddy. Well. All the best, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. That's the great John Paul Morosi, the MLB Network. John brought up something that's become a talking point, Kevin, and, I, and I'm, I'm glad he did because I want to wrap up the show talking about this. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about the playoff format and about the layoffs and how it's affected teams. And... <laughs> You know, people are saying, well, maybe you ought to reseed. Isn't this why we like the playoffs? Don't we like the idea that there could be upsets? You know, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with the playoff structure right now. I, I, I just don't. I'll tell you what, if you want to make all the playoff series a best of seven, I understand that that would create an issue with the calendar. But I've said all along, if you want to cut it down to 154 regular season games Ooh-hoo. and make the playoffs best of seven, I'm okay with that. But all this talk that, well, you need to reseed or that the long layoff has a negative impact on teams, I guarantee you every one of those pitchers, every one of those managers of the teams that had the layoff, they were thankful they got the rest. I guarantee you they were thankful they got the rest. I don't think there's anything wrong with this. Yeah, I think it's more for me about if you are the best team and you have the best record right throughout the playoffs, you're, you're sort of like it's one seven two six three five that kind of way, right? It's not sort of like what's happened here with the Phillies having to play the Braves, which is the best, in my mind, the best two teams in the National League. So th- that, I think, is sort of the issue. I It's... Look, if you ask the Braves, the Phillies are throwing them a bunch of fastballs up. In the regular season, that would have been real tough to do. And rhythm and timing when you've had days off, trying to catch up the velocity is not the easiest thing to do. You need a couple of days. That's why the, the Hoffman throwing Austin Riley, the slider on 3-2 count, mm-hmm. such an awful pitch. I mean, he threw fastballs pitch. right by him. I mean, he, he threw out or third. It wasn't he was locating them. It was basically, here it is, see if you can hit him. And you could tell Austin was cheating. He was trying mm-hmm. to get it going, and I think that is sort of if you're if you're wanting to pick at anything because of the layoff, it's the rhythm and timing at the plate and trying to catch up to velocity. But that's that's baseball. That's the same thing when you come off the IL. 
you know, I, I mean, you've got to deal with it. Uh, I, I just don't, I, I don't think there's any other, there's any other way to do it. And again, I love, I love the playoffs. I, I love the fact that Houston and Minnesota are tied one game apiece. I love the fact that uh, the Phillies and, and, and Braves are tied one game apiece. Quickly for you, biggest surprise for you in the playoffs so far. Biggest surprise team. It's got to be Arizona, no? Oh, the yeah, Twins, okay. But, yeah, like, okay. see, I, I didn't – I was sort of down on the Twins. Arizona, could you, with the way the Dodgers have, have been pitching or haven't been pitching, and Fair you can point. think, right, if you get a you get a, some decent starts and, and, you know, you can pitch around the Freeman and the Betts thing, which they're – what are they, one for 13 in the two games with no RBIs. If you can do that, you can beat the Dodgers because of their bad Fair pitching. Point. And Clayton Kershaw might be the worst big-game Hall of Fame pitcher in the history of yeah, baseball. I, I mean, it's atrocious. I, it is. It's a trojan. I don't know if you can argue it. And By so, the way, are, yeah. are you beginning to see now why I didn't want the Jays to play the Twins in the first round? No. I never I never oh. will agree with that, ever. Ever. Oh, okay. I thought maybe no. you would. Twins have got your attention, though, hey? Yeah. I, you know, Sonny Gray's going to be tough, too. I, it's working through the first four guys of the Astros. Yep. If he can do that, they got a chance. If... A couple of them dudes instead of just one is driving in runs. They're going to be tough to beat the Astros. There you go. That is it for Kevin and myself today. The first of the hour-long Blair and Barker will be on Sportsnet 590, the fan, every day from 11 to noon Eastern. Mark Shapiro's media availability is Thursday. We'll break it down for you. If you're listening to us via podcast, please leave us a lovely rating and a lovely review. And uh, we'll chat again tomorrow. We'll be right back.